Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. All right, I'm Big Mandy. You're listening to what the actual fuck? What the actual fuck? Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of This Country Podcast. Now, first, he's the man that I've just made tea for after he came home from a hard day's work. One sausage, two sausage, three sausage, four sausage, and a good dollop of mash. I tried to tell him about my day, but all he wanted was his food. You know, I don't think he appreciates anything I do for him. It's Neil. <laughs> uh, you're not dispelling these rumours at all, are you? <laughs> I know, I know. I just thought to myself, there's no point in like dispelling it. Let's just go with the rumours now neil there's no point it's been seven years <laughs> what can we do about it what well, can we do about it a decent dollop of mash oh thank you very much for that now our super fan guest this episode keeps jeremy vine in check on his daily tv show is host of her own podcast is this thing on and enjoys a good tiktok too it's Lindsay bowers I did Hello. say that right, didn't i yeah did <laughs> thank you very much for having me well we're Looking forward to chatting to you about loads and loads of different things. Um, the first thing I want to talk to you, obviously, is about this country, because that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you find out, and when did you start watching it? Did you start watching it from the very start, or were you sort of like a, a, a late person to the whole show? I was very late to this party, I have to say. And actually, it's because of Jeremy Vine that I even found out about this country. Um, so you may or may not know that he's a massive fan himself. And uh, working on his TV show, um, I I heard it brought up quite a lot. And on the TV show, um, we do a telly review every Friday afternoon. And because Jeremy and his co-presenter Storm Huntley are both big fans of the show, uh, it's sort of been brought up in quite a few different ways. And I'd never heard of it. And I remember they were showing a clip on the Jeremy Vine show. And I... I remember watching a clip and not getting it was a comedy. I thought it was an actual documentary. Right. (laughs) And I remember saying to one of the producers in the gallery, um, what's, what's this called again? Oh, this country. And I was like, is it, is it real? No, 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 it's a comedy. And I remember kind of 
turning my nose up a bit and thinking, I'm not sure about that. But then in the end, one day I was sitting at home and thought, oh, I don't know what to watch. I'll give that this country thing at Dreaming Stormlight a try. Um, put it on player and I watched the entire three series in about a week. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. So you just gorged it. on it. Yeah. And that was a bit before lockdown. So um, I, I think I started watching it around the time it was actually coming to a close. So like February time around then. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah, February. So really late to the party. <laughs> Goodness. Well, what was it about the show that made you, you know, made you want to binge it as quick as you did? Uh, in two words, Kerry's mum. <laughs> I mean, for me, um, just that character is it for me. It, it, it's just absolute genius. I think the bit, the random act, act of kindness bit. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Shit in knickers. Yeah. Oh my God. When I first saw that, I had to pause because I couldn't stop laughing. Um, I carried on watching and I just kept on laughing and kept on laughing over that bit. Like I couldn't get it out of my head and I kind of didn't really know what was going on for the next 10 minutes because I, I couldn't get over that bit. So when a show makes me have that reaction, it's not very often you know you found something pretty special so it's it's interesting that you watched it all in one sort of big go because obviously with us we've watched it from the start so we've had to when a series has finished we've had to wait the year or the two years and yeah. then a special um do you prefer watching things like in so you can watch everything in one long go or do you not miss maybe the fact that you can chat to somebody about an episode for the week and then the anticipation grows a little bit more yeah, I'm not a great binge watcher because I don't have a very big attention span. Um, I just, but with this country, I could probably watch three or four episodes in one sitting, which is a big deal for me because usually I'm off in La La Land, asleep on the sofa, on my phone, looking elsewhere, you know, before the end of an episode of anything else. Um, but there is something to be said for anticipating and looking forward to something like I'm a massive Game of Thrones fan. And when that was still on, that was a an event. We'd go to my mate's house, we'd cook some food up, we'd have it up on the big screen. And oh, I mean, oh, <laughs> what, what a letdown the last episode was, but <laughs> it was still like a social event. So I like doing that with with shows I get really into. And I think if I'd cottoned on to this country um, when it came out, then, yeah, it would be a highlight of my week watching it, you know. Mm. I feel mm. that if we talk about Game of Thrones, you're going to head for that wine straight away, especially <laughs> the end the end episode of that. Just that, I mean, we're going to go off a little bit on a tangent there, but were you really disappointed with that final episode? Yeah. Or I what, really... what about the, the final series? I mean... yeah. Yeah, the series as a whole. I mean, the final episode, you know, it had its brilliant moments um, in terms of just looking stunning and production. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or, or am I thinking of the penultimate one? I or think the, the one, last... You know, the one where the shocking thing happens, where everyone yeah. goes, well, that's a bit of a character turnaround, isn't it? Um, I mean, that was stunning, but at the same time, you think, come on, really? That's yeah. a bit of an arc. Um, but... Yeah, I think for me, the whole series kind of lost its magic after... How many series were there altogether? Six? Eight. So, eight, was it eight? I, I, I honestly lose I think lose the track. last couple just got almost too big for its boots, maybe? Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of putting it, I think. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. I think almost like the fans were willing it to be something and everybody said that how they wanted it to be and it never lived up to that expectation. And the choices that they made is very much like Star Wars as well. I think the, the cho- story choices they made made people just scratch their heads going, well, why did you do that? Why, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it was, it was so disappointing, in my point of view anyway. I actually enjoyed the documentary about the making of it that, I did. Uh, more than the last episode. That was fantastic. Mm. And it did make me feel so bad for all those people that worked on this show for so long. I mean, in that documentary, you end up falling in love with one of the extras, don't you? That's right, he's yeah. such a great character. There's so mm. many characters involved in the process of making any show. Um, so I feel bad that, you know, the cast and crew had to read all this criticism. But at the end of the day... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, d- I didn't sign the petition for them to remake it, though. I mean, No, I, no, I don't agree I, with that kind of thing. I think that's just going a little bit too far, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll get remade one day anyway. Sure. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> so um, with this country then, Lindsay, did, what, what resonates with you? I, I mean, I don't know where you um, grew up, but does it resonate with your time of growing up as a teenager, etc.? Well, I grew up in Essex, um, but a part of it did resonate with me because the first few years of my life was growing up on a council estate. Um, I've known poverty in my life. Um, and the thing with this country is it, it's so sensitive about the issue of sort of um, the lack of opportunities for young people in rural areas and that kind mm. of class aspect. It's not because it could have easily become sort of poverty porn um, and mm. taking a piss out of the people it, it's depicting. But I mean, Daisy May Cooper and Charlie Cooper, that's actually their background, isn't it? They've known hardship. Mm. So they dealt with it really sensitively. And it, it's very, very funny, but sometimes very, very sad. And uh, one thing that really struck me is Kerry's relationship with Martin, the father-daughter relationship. I mean, she, she's, a, she's a bit of a dick, Kerry, but it's because she just wants to be loved and noticed so, so, so badly by her dad. And then Curtin's sort of her knight in shining armour without her realising it because he's so sweet to her without just in the most subtle ways. So I think it's it's the fact it's it's so funny and rude sometimes, but it's just got a massive heart that just made me fall in love with it. Mm. So is that the kind of comedy that you like, the more realistic kind of comedy? Or are there other sort of comedy that you like? Well, I grew up on a diet of Rick Mayle. Like, I was really into Bottom and Young Ones when I was a kid, probably when I was far too young to be allowed to watch that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so in terms of, you know, that's really slapstick, in-your-face, obvious comedy, isn't it? And and things have changed since then. But I'm trying to think of what... I mean, it's it's been a while since the comedy's really gripped me like this country has. I mean, it, it reminds me... It, me of Spinal Tap in a way that kind of I haven't seen such a good mockumentary since Spinal Tap I'd actually I'd say this country is better than that in terms of how much it made me laugh um I am enjoying what we do in the shadows at the moment actually yeah that's good I'm not quite caught up with the latest series but um the last one really really made me laugh and I liked the film as well 
so maybe maybe that kind of peeking behind the curtain mockumentary thing is my cup of tea mm. trouble with me is I'm, I'm just a matt berry fan i think anything that matt berry is in is just like there's something about that guy just he's only got to say hello and you'll just find him hilarious it's a voice isn't it it is it is yeah. there's just something about him it really is um yeah. so with the fact that you've watched the three series and the special have you got a particular special series or a, a what am I trying to say? Um, favorite series. Favorite series. That's what I was looking for. Oh my god! You know, they've, I, I'm, I mean, I feel bad because you're saying I'm a super fan, but I don't know if I'm a good enough super fan because I can't. Like, it, it all molds into one for me. Yeah. Um, maybe because I've just binged it so quickly. Um, I have like certainly favorite moments. Like, just for me, every time there's a Kerry's mum bit. It, it's just my face lights up. I'm like, oh, here we go. What's she going to say? <laughs> um, I think I've got probably favourite episodes. Um, another character I really likes, Big Mandy. And when Kerry's trying to get out of the tattoo, I was in tears at that. And just how scared they are of her in general. Um, oh, serious, serious, serious. I'm, I can't like really... I'm a terrible super fan. I can't remember what happens in each series. <laughs> the problem is you binged it, Lindsay. That's the yeah. difference. When you binge a series like that or a whole few series altogether, it becomes very hard to differentiate. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you what happened in each series of Game of Thrones as well. I've just got a terrible memory. Too much wine, probably. Well, we'll find out a little bit later on how much of a super fan oh, you no. are, but I'm not going <laughs> to go too too far into that. Now. So um, so how did you start off in the on the Jeremy Vine show then? Well, um, I've been working in TV in London for about eight years and I started with ITM Productions make the Jeremy Vine show. But before it was Jeremy Vine, it was for Wright Stuff with Matthew Wright. I don't know right. if you remember that. Yeah. And that was on there for a really long time. And I, I came into the team at this strange time when um, the, the Wright Stuff had gone from Princess Productions, which shut down, to ITM Productions um so there was a new kind of team built and I came in then which I think was the beginning of 2018 so yeah just over a couple of years ago and then within a within a year or much less actually uh Matthew Wright left and then Jeremy came in so I've kind of been there since the beginning it's still a very new show um when you think of it like that um so yeah I've been been on the show since it started which was uh, it's going to be two years in September wow what, what, what is it the role is then of a producer on a show like that well I'm actually digital producer which means right. I I'm in charge of all the online stuff we do so I run all their social media accounts edit their online videos but um recently they have been training me up to do actual broadcast producing as well and the role of a producer really is to just think of ideas and decide what you're going to talk about, keep an eye on what's trending online. Um, I mean, this is a news and current affairs programme. Um, and Jeremy also has his BBC radio show. So you don't want to clash too much with what he's doing there. Um, so it's really just kind of thinking about the things that are in the news on social media that are going to make people have a big old debate. Um, it's a phone-in show, so we get all kinds of people phoning in, airing their opinions. It can be 
quite amusing sometimes, uh, very insightful. Um, it, it's it's a really fun show to work on, actually. It's just um, brainstorming and trying mm. to, I don't want to say trying to make people argue, but when it's a panel show, you need a bit of conflict, don't you? Yeah. Mm. You can't have two people agreeing on something. And to, to be honest, in the world that we live in at the moment, there isn't that much agreement on anything, is there? So it must be a perfect, yeah. uh, how, do you, how do you gauge from it being sort of, like you said, a fun show to then tackling, obviously, the sort of subjects that we've had to tackle with over the last, say, 15 weeks? How do you balance that? Well, it's something we have to think about every day. It's it's all about making sure you have enough light and shade in a show, really. So if you're talking about the amount of coronavirus deaths or, you know, um, the amount of families using food banks, all the shit that's going on in this year in particular, um, Jeremy is very good at lightening the mood by... Um, we would do all of a segment like that, have an ad break, and then all of a sudden, well, today, for example, he was doing tie-dye because it's become an online thing, people doing tie-dye. But he's done everything from stripping off and having an imaginary shower. Um, <laughs> being very, It's all about production and visuals. Visuals. I mean, Wimbledon was cancelled, so he had to go with tennis in the studio, which was a bit of carnage. And it's just about those moments where... Um, someone might be pottering around their house and have a TV on and they just stop and go, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> and for, for anyone who works in daytime TV, they know they've had a good show. If uh, There's a Twitter account called Daytime Snaps. Um, and it's basically just a series of completely out of context screen grabs from those days' daytime shows. And you should check it out. It's absolutely hilarious. And when we get one of ours on there, which is probably at least once a week, we're like, We've got a daytime snaps tweet. We've nailed it. <laughs> right, right. What was it called again? Daytime snaps. Daytime snaps. I have to have a little look at that. Yeah. So, so how how much of the show is scripted in regards to? Because I mean, obviously, you. I mean, it's, with everything that you do, it's a live show, is it? It's a live show, isn't it's, it? It's it's a um, most of it is live. So it used to be live, but because um, Jeremy has to be at the BBC for a certain time we we now pre-record the last 45 minutes before we go live um so three quarters of it is is live Mm. um but yeah it's it's all scripted but obviously things go off script and sometimes they're the best moments Mm. i was just wondering is there is there any particular moment that you can think of that that you maybe sort of hang your head and think oh god that happened that that was embarrassing or Ooh, well, I mean, they ha- there's little kind of things like that happen every day, really. They just they happen so often; they just wash over you. That's the nature of live TV. You just never know what you're going to get. Especially at the moment, because of the coronavirus, we're having to have all our guests over Skype. Um, I mean, today one of our guests, um, his internet connection kept cutting out, so it, it seemed like almost every like ten minutes ago, oh, we've lost him again. But with a presenter like Jeremy, he just knows how to handle it and how to yeah. carry it on to the next thing because he's an mm. absolute pro. Um, before I worked on Jeremy Vine, I was at ITV working on Good Morning Britain with Piers Morgan. So that was truly a test of things going off script because the man doesn't know how to stick to a script. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was very fun as well. So when, you, when you have like in these shows, when people call in, especially like on the Jeremy Vine show, 
I mean, how do you deal with somebody that is basically there to disrupt, you know, cause offence or be controversial? We've had an issue with um, a particular person calling in swearing down the phone, which is actually illegal. And um, it, it became a bit of an issue. So we just really, really, really vet callers now and have procedures in place. But if, if someone, I think the way the team handles it now, it's very rare we get someone through who, you know, wants to cause trouble. But sometimes someone might come on and say something a little bit questionable, um, something that might cause offence to someone else. And in which case, um, Jeremy is quite good at moving it along and I, th- I think there's a red button in the gallery that can be pressed <laughs> to c- cut them off if need be. <laughs> what about the funniest call then? Have you have you got any sort of stories from the funniest one you've ever had? Oh wow, that's putting me on the spot a bit. Um, yeah. We we do have some like characters. Characters. We have some regulars who come in um, who call in. But I'm trying to think. What's the funniest caller? Um, I mean, I, when I think of our most memorable callers, a lot of them are actually sad. Like they, I remember a couple of calls that kind of moved me to tears a couple of times, but usually when they make me laugh, it's for the wrong sort of reasons. <laughs> so I don't know if I should say. <laughs> um, there was a time where um, an old fellow rang in because um, he wasn't sure whether it was safe because of the coronavirus to go to his bowls club and start playing bowls. And Jeremy made, made some comment about, well, are you allowed to touch each other's balls? And then I could see Storm was losing her shit. And, and <laughs> Jeremy just had to carry on with a straight face. It's all, you know, there's always innuendo and moments like that in daytime TV. You just, there's no escaping it. That is growing up with bottom and young ones. That's <laughs> that to you. That's what yeah. I'm that. Yeah. <laughs> right now, also, I believe we got a mutual friend uh, in regards to somebody that uh, that I think Jeremy found a tweet. Um, the artful badger. You did a thing about a, a particular badge a couple of weeks ago, um, and that's somebody that we're friends with. Um, it was, I think, you showed a tweet. I can't remember. It, I think it was a distancing badge. Oh, okay. Saying that because once uh, I think Boris Johnson said that it was going to go down to a meter. Right. Uh, and she made a badge saying, well, I'm sticking to like two metres and it, it was featured on the show. I just wanted to, to let you know is that that's a good friend of ours and somebody that is ah. part of the, the Dump Gang Facebook uh, admin. She was so happy. that like, she, she screen grabbed it and put it all over social media and that she was so happy about that. So uh, I just thought I'd give Sarah a little shout out for that and uh, and the uh, Facebook, Dump Gang Facebook group, go and follow it if you're a This Country fan. Um, so where would you like to see if they, if I mean they keep talking about um, bringing this country back and hopefully they'll bring it back. Which what would sort of direction would you like to see the characters go in? Ooh, um, I'd like to see more development between Kerry and Martin. Um, Do you and... feel a little short changed with how that finished in series three? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I was listening to your episode of Joe Elvin. And, uh, was it Joe Elvin where you brought that up? I think so, with, yeah. And by the way, I'm, I love Joe Elvin. When She's I first, lovely. When I first moved to London, I wanted to be her when I grew up because she oh, was right. the editor of Glamour magazine at the time, which I read. But anyway, yeah, I'm yeah. very honoured to be on after her. Um, yeah, I just feel like it, it's such a... 
oh what's the word I, I just feel like there could have been there's more directions it could go in I mean yeah it, it, it's one of the most sensitive bits of the show um also I, I, I'd want to see more of Kerry's mum I mean I, I don't know if I actually ever want to see her you never see her do you you don't know no. okay. you see her legs in bed yeah. at one point don't you or Kerry's rubbing her feet or something when she's crying mm. over Martin leaving her again. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, they won't bring it back, though, will they? Well, I mean, we've... They have ruled it out, have they? They haven't ruled it out. I mean, Days has always said that when the money runs out, they could always bring yeah. it back again. So, I mean, I would love to see something in, like, ten years' time. So they go back and see what's happening in the village and that they're exactly yes. the same. They're just, yeah. nothing has changed, they're exactly the same. You, yeah, you'd imagine, you, obviously I'd love to see them get out of the village and like Curtin especially, I feel like he could really make something of his life. But the reality is they'd probably be like exactly where they are. Um, whether the vicar would still be there or not. <laughs> if the yeah. vicar left, maybe they'd follow him. Yeah. Uh, but he tried, didn't he? Bless him. Mm. Um, I would like to see what Daisy and Charlie could come up with next. Like, I would like to see them do a new project. But um, I heard Daisy talk on Firm Cotton's podcast about, you know, the pressure of that and, you know, can can she do anything else? So I've got, I've got faith in her. She is one funny woman. Mm. Uh, her Instagram alone is just <laughs> the best content on the internet. The yeah. whole sea captain thing has mm-hmm. me absolutely... Have you been following it all? Absolutely. Oh I, I, my god! It's like it's like a, a little present you open up every day. Uh, well, especially over the yeah. last few weeks, where where something else has happened, and he's blocked her, and and she's got a Boris Johnson impersonator saying, yes. "Oh my god, that <laughs> finished me." That I actually commented saying, <sighs> "I am fucking finished." I usually don't swear on Instagram. <sighs> Well, that's probably a lie. I probably do, yeah. but I was I put in capital letters. I am fucking finished, or something like that, because I I just was laughing so much. Yeah, he said something like, "You you know not what you do." That's right. <laughs> I, I wonder just, who it is. Oh my god! I mean, and that that's just that's that's just the mind of a comedy genius to think of something like that and yeah. to make uh, the other thing. I don't know if you've seen is that. Um, she apparently upset Paul, her dad, who's, who's Martin, obviously. Oh, my Didn't God. see that one as well. Who is he? Fucking Mariah Carey in a dressing gown, she said. <laughs> yes. That sent me off as well. She's, oh, and, and her TikTok dances. I know. Oh, I know. I so you need to explain, because you've done a few TikToks, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. No, you, I don't, I'm probably, I'm obviously a, a lot older than you. I'm of the generation that I don't quite get TikToks. So can you explain to me what the what the just just what it's all about because i honestly i sound well, like I, a right granddad i must admit, i don't think but... you're i don't think you are much older than me to be honest i'm quite old for the tiktok generation but because my work is you know keeping on top of what's on mm. social media i joined it to kind of see what the kids are doing what's trending um it is quite addictive but um i realized you know that the kind of biggest selling point of it is that you can lip sync to stuff kind of have your favorite tv characters film characters voices come out of your mouth and i went on there thinking i have to see if there's any discovery ones and there is there's everything you can think of on there so i lip-synced um kerry a few kerry and her mum moments i did the um random act of kindness crumpets and tomato and 
just kind of really got into it, posted it on my Twitter and it like got quite a good reception, but I've hardly like, I haven't really done any since. Right. But it's funny because people were sending me messages on Twitter saying, your West Country accent is amazing. <laughs> I was like, it's not me. <laughs> it's Daisy May Cooper's voice coming out of my mouth. <laughs> so you must have done it really well then, because I've seen a few TikToks where people don't seem to lip sync it very well at all. So It's the hardest bloody tool to use for that, because you'll do it on TikTok. It looks perfect. You press save and then it goes out of sync. Ah, so right. to be to be fair it is really hard to um on my podcast i had maggie foster who's a huge tiktok uh star on the other day and she said she's actually written to them to complain because it's it's hard to do it really <laughs> so yeah yeah right so give them give them a chance of those tiktok you know hopefuls out there so, it's not is, something so, I'm gonna do. <laughs> so is digital content something that is a, a must for tv programs these days Oh, absolutely. I, be- I think the kind of TV programmes I've worked on, which want to incite uh, debate and um, kind of video views to widen the audience. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when I first joined my team, there wasn't a dedicated social media producer. It's something ITN decided to do. And um you know we've had videos that have been viewed millions and millions of times so it's it's been great for just like kind of getting the name of a show out there and you know get, getting guests on and stuff like that mm. Mm. I think with anything whether you're brand tv show whatever you're doing digital like being digital savvy is always going to help but it must help when something I don't, I don't really want to use the word controversial, but maybe something controversial happens and then that gets the reshare. That obviously helps, doesn't it? It does, but there's some there's some kind of modes of controversy that you don't want to call, um, but sometimes there is. Um, you know, there's been a couple of times when we've had a guest come on the show and they've said something and it's gone viral on Twitter and they've been upset because they're getting a lot of stick um but at the end of the day they said it but part of my job is to think carefully about whether I want to put that out on the show's Twitter mm. you know I have a duty of care to think if someone says something and you know they're going to get absolutely roasted alive for it then maybe I shouldn't put it out there um but if I don't someone else will mm. um but most of most of the people having a show can take it the you know opinionated intelligent people uh with varying opinions uh but they said what they said and it's going to end up on when you say something on a tv show it's going to end up online uh when i was working with piers morgan it was just you know take your pick every day of mm. what he's said that's gonna really fuck people off yeah yeah <laughs> would, would 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 like producers and that be be in the, the gallery or behind the cameras just like going oh god piers not again oh yeah oh, no it, it's <laughs> yeah. like that all the time i can just imagine that that's what even the cameramen are going oh my god what are you doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you yeah. have you never had any um plans to sort of be the other side of the camera kind of I I had a little bit of presenter training with ITN but I wasn't very good at it so I just I I decided you know producing is more my forte um I enjoy doing my podcast that's probably about as good as my 
you know being on the other side of a lens even though it's not a lens if you know what I mean it will mm. go mm. because yeah it's it's tv presenting is a lot harder than it looks um I think a lot of people think well you just as long as you can read an auto cue then you're right but actually it's, it's really that I, I did a few screen tests like ages ago and I couldn't get over my nerves it's I just couldn't kind of get out of my own head you just need a certain personality to do it and I don't think I've quite got that but it's okay because it was never big you also really really need to want it and I don't really I love producing I love being creative I love editing content so that's Mm. what I'm doing (laughs) you said about your podcast Lindsay tell us more about it tell everybody what it is and what yes so it's called is this thing on as you mentioned earlier and uh my co-host is Sachin Akrani who is a sports editor for the Guardian who's been with them for about 12 years and yeah we met each other on Twitter a few years back and he got in touch with me last summer and was like do you want to do a podcast and I thought yeah why not and we kind of had a bit of a brainstorm about what was well, actually, I think it was probably his idea, but I came up with the name. But we decided it would basically be, we'd meet up in a pub, have a few drinks, and just talk about whatever the hell we wanted, really. Not much of a format, although we do kind of a pub quiz at the end and play a few fun games. But then um, we, we've just finished our second series, and we've had like some really, really interesting guests on. Obviously, the last few haven't been in a pub because we haven't been able to go to the pub, but we've had a few drinks over Zoom. And um, yeah, it's just been podcasting, not something I ever really thought about. But when Sachin got in touch with me, I was like, this sounds like a really fun project to kind of get my teeth into outside of my day job. And as I'm sure you guys will attest, it's you just meet the most interesting people and have such a laugh. And um, yeah, the thing is with my one, um, I, I messaged you, didn't I, saying, should I have a glass of wine on me? Because, <laughs> because I'm so used to having a drink while I'm doing mine. I'm like, is that what everyone does? And I thought, no, Lindsay, it's probably not what everyone does. You're just an absolute massive lush. <laughs> but... I, I have got a bottle of wine next to me and I'm thinking about pouring myself a glass now just because it's it's five o'clock so it's officially evening it is but <laughs> but then again it's evening somewhere in the world isn't it so exactly you know you can do that and we're about to do a little quiz so maybe it might okay, be an idea. I'm gonna pour myself <laughs> I'm gonna pour myself a small glass of red I thought you might do yeah. I thought you might do so anyone well, who it, listens to my podcast knows that I drink too much okay. <laughs> especially during lockdown <laughs> And red wine's good for the heart anyway, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. There you so go. Right. So what we're going to do, we're going to play Kerry or Curtain. I'm going to give okay. you a line of dialogue. You need to tell me if it was Kerry or Curtain that said it. Okay. I'm so here we are. We've, we've got five of these. Uh, and here we go with number one. Okay. At the end of the day, I'm a very vindictive person, you know. At the end of the day, I'm a very vindictive person, you know. I can imagine both of them saying it. And coming out of curtain, it'd be so cute because he's, well, he can be vindictive actually, can't he? Um, <laughs> he's, <laughs> I love him. Um, I think the end of the day. I think it's curtain. 
It is Curtain. Well done. That was in the first episode of Series 3 when he phones the tip and says that Kerry has been um, stealing things from the uh, <laughs> from the recycling centre. So that's good. One out of one. Number two. Do you want a cup of tea? Wagon wheel? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a cup of tea? Wagon wheel? I remember this. I feel like it's Kerry because Curtin's always going to her house, but then she does go to his once or twice, doesn't she? Um, Kerry. It is Kerry. Well done. In the Cynthia episode to Sue, when when Sue finds out that Martin has been uh, going from one to the other, like Flubber from the film Flubber. (laughs) Well done. Two out of two. Well done. So number three. Like I'm just bored living round here now. Like I'm just bored living round here now. Oh my god, that could be either of them in any episode. It could be. <laughs> um, curtain. Well done! It is the GNVQ episode. Yes, I was thinking because he was going to go to college. He was going to go to yes. Swindon College. Three out of three. Well done. Way better than I thought already. Well done. So number four. Did you see the bold snake? Did you see the bold snake? Three out of three so far. That wine is doing its job. Oh, I'm going to be really annoyed if I get any wrong now. I know. I'm thinking I'll get numb to thinking I have to get them all. Um, Kerry. That was Curtain. Oh, okay, Talking well. to Kerry in The Harvest, the very last episode, when he oh, fell out after uh, the vicar was saying that he was leaving. Uh, and the yeah. final one. Can you do Steve's voice? Can you do Steve's voice? Is it <laughs> Kerry to Curtin where they're prank calling Kerry's mum? They are. That is absolutely right. If I could give you another point for that, I would, but unfortunately I can't. But that is exactly right. That was the station episode when Curtin is phoning up uh, Sue about the milk. Four out of five. Well done, Lindsay. Very, very That was very impressive, I must say. Am I in any sort of leaderboard or anything? Um, You are in the leaderboard of our hearts. That's what you are. (laughs) I thought it might be like Top Gear where... You know. Unfortunately not. Although you have done, you've done better than than uh, than Lucy did last week. So uh, so well done with that. Four out of five. Um, the bold snake that. was the one that uh, that just got you off there. So see, hey for red wine. Hey, see, <laughs> this is why I drink so much. It makes my brain improve. So, uh, what character would you most like to go for a drink with at the keepers, then, Lindsay? Curtain. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I lived in that village, I'd have a big crush on him. I was going to say, I feel like you've got, there's a bit of a crush thing going on there. Well, compared to the other options. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the village, it's over that. That or Martin Mucklow, really. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think he's got a a little bit of a brain hidden in there somewhere. And it's a little bit philosophical, isn't he? Um. And he just comes out with these absolute one-liners. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to have a drink. 
<laughs> we'll see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening. Yeah, if you're listening, you never know. Who knows might be listening. Um, right, so so um, the podcast at the moment, so how many series did you say you're doing? It's not like a weekly thing. It, you just... No, we. It, it was a fortnightly thing. And we finished series two and then decided we're not going to start series three until we can meet in the pub again. Because right. the big aspect is having the background noise of mm. the pub atmosphere. Um, so, But then we, we did a special bonus episode last week because Maggie Foster got in touch out of the blue saying, because uh, we invited her to come on a few weeks back when she was becoming an internet star and she was overwhelmed so she she said no but then she changed her mind and said actually I will come on so we're like well we're gonna come back especially for you so you know unless any more fantastic people like that say can I be in the podcast um I, I don't think there'll be any episodes until um this whole pandemic thing is a little bit more can't, I mean the pubs are open so it, it shouldn't be that long it's just a case of when everything feels safe. I mean, are, are you guys going to the pub yet? Uh, no. I mean, I'm not a big pub goer anyway. No. I mean, Neil's always in the pub, but... Um... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't left. I've been locked in the whole lockdown. Really? <laughs> oh, no, no, I've not been yet. So... No, no, I haven't, honestly. I'm not a drinker, so... Yeah, oh, it, uh... yeah it is, it's, it's weird when you see the fact that everybody was going on about this super saturday i think they called it didn't they in the yeah. fact that, and you just what you just i i didn't really know how it was going to go but then when you see the 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 pictures of of like soho and that where people are just crammed in and you think oh, things aren't going to get any better if this is how it's going to go yeah it's it's just a case of will that second wave come mm. and yeah it, you just don't want to take the piss really do you so no. So and Sachin, the- my co-host, very kindly comes to my local as well. So it's him who has to get on the tube and travel quite far, where it's just down the road for me. So right, it's, up right. to, it's all with Sachin's hands. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Lindsay, just quickly, which who would be your dream guest then? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I know, <laughs> I know Sachin's would be one of the Gallagher brothers because he's a massive Oasis fan. But at the same time, he said, don't meet your idols. So are you, are you thinking kind of realistic or big, big? Uh, whichever, uh, whichever. We we find, yeah, we find from our um, personal experience that even when you have the people that you think are out of reach, like Armando Iannucci, these days you can get the people that are out of reach. So it should be anybody, yeah. anybody that you think that, that is even out of reach, I think. Yeah. I mean, in a realistic world, I'd love Daisy. <laughs> but if I could literally have anyone um probably like madonna that would be interesting because she has been the face of breaking down during lockdown i think (laughs) but i used to be a massive fan of i say used to be that's so mean but she's just been posting some interesting stuff on her socials i'd like to check in on her and see if she's all right Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah well she's been an icon for so long that I was I was disturbed when I saw that that one post when she was in the bath. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was very, yeah, very did you strange. see the one she did this week where she's just no. basically standing naked in front of a mirror, covering her tits with her arms? Really? Um, which really I don't really have a problem with, but it's just you just think what's going on in your in your head. Like I don't know. It's just there's something that seems a bit 
off Not about quite it. Quite right, yeah, yeah. She's had that level of fame. She probably lives in Madonna world. Yeah, that, yeah, probably. It's so. very strange. It's very strange. Well, we will put a uh, a link in our show notes to the podcast so that people can uh, can try it out. And uh, any other things that you've got planned at the moment, or is it just back to work tomorrow on the uh, Jeremy Vine show? No, yeah, back to work tomorrow, but I'm working from home, so it's all good. But, yeah, all, any plans I ever had are off. I was, oh, do you know what? Actually, today, exactly, today marks exactly a month until my would-be wedding day. Oh, dear. Yeah. I was supposed to be getting married on the 8th of August uh, this year, but for obvious reasons, that's been put off till September next year. So I've got a long, 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 long time to panic about that now. <laughs> that, that must be, you must have had lots of the plans already set and done and just waiting for the date. So, yeah, yeah, dress, venue, caterers, DJ, everything sorted. But luckily, all of them absolutely fine about moving to the new date. So, it actually, other than the kind of massive letdown of, you know, it not happening when you think it's going to happen, it hasn't been that stressful to rearrange it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a weird period of just kind of, you feel like you need to be as productive as possible, but actually, it's okay to have some downtime and, yeah, I don't really have any projects on at the moment apart from learning guitar. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah, which isn't going very well. So. Was that brought on by the lockdown or was oh, that yeah. something you were going to do anyway? Oh, no, I was an absolute lockdown cliche. In the first few weeks, I made banana bread, I bought a guitar, <laughs> got it delivered to my house, learned yeah. one song, then yeah. put it down and didn't look at it. for. But yesterday, actually, I picked it up again. I was like, right, I'm going to learn some news or I'm going to learn a song I like and just do something uh you gotta get those ten thousand hours of practice in you see oh you gotta do you gotta you gotta get the tips of your fingers i gotta go all hard and all yes it hurts it really hurts and i I left it so long that the calluses went away so now they're hurting again so (laughs) i need to keep them calloused so yeah well if i'd have known that i would have asked if you'd play us a little song to play us out but uh i would not offend your ears in that way <laughs> honestly I, i've got a lot more practice to go before i'm anywhere near playing for anyone oh bless you well Lindsay, thank you so much for spending some time with us it's been a real thank pleasure you. to speak to you uh enjoy, enjoy the wine <laughs> uh, neil do you want to get and do your little bits and pieces absolutely well you can find us on all the social media sites under wtaftc pod give us a click give us a like come and follow us you can email us at wtafthiscountry at hotmail.com please if you've got any questions drop us a line there and we have a website where you can click and find everything you need to do, like tickets for our last live show at WTAFpodcast.com. That's right. And the last live show, the date has now moved to 28th of May 2021. That's almost like our wedding where it's been moved over <laughs> to the following year. Uh, tickets will be available. Go to the website and the, the link there to buy tickets. Fingers crossed we'll have some very, very special guests. If you've listened to the last few episodes of the podcast, Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll have some very, very special guests for our very last live show. Uh, you can buy us a coffee. Go to ko-fi.com forward slash pod, and also come and be a Patreon bozo and uh, you can support us that way, patreon.com forward slash WTAF. Once again, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a blast. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Say hello to Jeremy for us. I shall do. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Neil. 
Thank you very much, Pav. Thank you very much, everyone, and go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.